This video is brought to you by Black Moon Games. Check out their products at shop-black-moon.com. Before we begin tonight, I just want to uh, make mention that the, the RPG and tabletop uh, community lost uh, a valued member uh, over the weekend. Uh, Brian Fitzpatrick of uh, Mobius Ventures uh, passed away unexpectedly uh, on Saturday. And uh, Brian was a big supporter of our show. Uh, he was a very active uh, community uh, community member in uh, Gallant Night Games. Uh, community and uh, we actually had Brian on to run a uh, session of uh, aliens and asteroids when uh, that was on Kickstarter. So uh, we just want to uh, say our condolences to Brian's family, friends, and uh, he will be missed greatly. Uh, so just uh, you never know when someone's going to be gone. So make sure to uh, appreciate the folks that you have uh, when, when you can. So that's all. Brian, you'll be greatly missed. Let's get to episode 111. Hey everyone, welcome to the Catechid Cast, our weekly geeky roundtable. I'm your host, Doug Shute, and with me are my fellow casters. Ben Higgins from Quarterstaff Games. How's it going, everybody? Are you ready to show me the money this week? <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope. Artist, illustrator, author, the popular webcomic Age of Nights. You can check her out at ageofnight.com. The one and only Amanda Call. Hello. And drinking some sort of orange beverage uh, down there in the, uh, the lower right hand corner what is what what are you drinking there t t tonight jason it's uh grizzly paw uh cream soda it's amazing stuff uh <laughs> is it is it like a is it a canadian thing or i mean with uh, a name well, like grizzly paw i would i would assume only, it probably it's is. a craft it's actually there's a craft brewery in, Cal in calgary called grizzly paw they do a lot of beer but they also do some amazing sodas as well they're less nice. uh carbonated uh they taste amazing right. they're not cheap it's like two dollars well, a can. <laughs> hopefully, maybe you can get us a sponsorship. Uh, I could ask. All right, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe just some some beverages. Yeah, the, that would the be nice. New too. potential yeah. sponsor of the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, our geek of the north, Mr. Jason Hunt. Thanks again for joining us, everyone. I want to. Uh, Remind everyone that uh, if you're not uh, joining us live and you're listening to this in the audio fo uh, podcast format, uh, you can join us every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on uh, YouTube and Twitch and Facebook. Uh, we'd love to have you. Just search for Victory Condition Gaming. Give us a follow. Give us a like. All that stuff ha helps. Uh, we really greatly appreciate it. You can find us on all your major podcast platforms, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, I'm trying to think of what else. Google Play, Google Music, all that stuff. So just all of the Stitcher, yeah, all the places we're we're out there. So we greatly appreciate everybody that uh, joins us and listens to us and and uh, downloads us. We thank you so much. If you like these types of uh, if you like these episodes, please hit that like button down below as well. And uh, if you haven't already subscribed, hit the subscribe button. So we would love to to have you part of our community. That's about it. Uh, let's uh, get to our first uh, segment, which, of course, 
is Ben's segment, and that is new at the store. <laughs> Never not gonna be old, dude. That's fun. Uh, so I got three things to to show everyone today, and we've actually got physical product this time that I get to pull off the shelf behind me. Amazing. Uh, so first up is a uh, new release from Marvel Crisis Protocol. This is Lizard and Craven. Uh, this is part uh, like the first little bit of the Spider Foes full release. Uh, the other ones kind of got delayed, but uh, Lizard and Craven are uh, wetting our whistle and bringing these into into the game. These are great minis. I wish I'd remembered to bring in my my copies because I've got them assembled. I'd love to show them off. Uh, but they are absolutely gorgeous. Uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol, Atomic Mass Games, keeps really knocking it out of the park with their new sculpts. They look really wonderful. There's a ton of new stuff coming out for this game, and uh, they are showing no signs of letting up. So if you want a nice uh, skirmish base game that has great minis and its superheroes, check this game out. Big, big fan. Uh, I'm getting really excited that my spider foes will be able to hit the table as a full cohesive team soon so can't wait to add these two yeah i really like i'm a big fan of Mar marvel crisis protocol i think the rule sets are really uh, really well done i think all the units seem to be really really well balanced i've been really mm -hmm. impressed with the uh, atomic mass games with the with their balance uh, balancing of that game uh the one thing that i the one little tiny gripe that i have is the release schedule is super aggressive but uh <laughs> So it, it kind of uh, makes you... It's like they talk to Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's it's not tended to be collect them all type of, uh, type of tabletop game. I think you're going to probably go after the ones that you like the most uh, more, than, yeah. more than anything it, else. And it's it's really easy to adjust uh, because the way the, the way the rules work, you only need 10 models, and that's your entire roster. And then you can, uh, once you have your 10 models... You then bring those models to the table, and then you pick out the scenario and the mission with your opponent. And then from that pool of 10 models, you'll actually assemble your team of a much smaller amount of heroes. Right. So you get to kind of customize. So there's a ton of different ways you can build your teams and everything. Um, and it's, you know, yeah, uh, they probably put out about four new kits a month. But even if you're buying everything, that's still only about like $30 a week to spend on a game. So... It's not. Only. It could could be worse. Only, only thirty dollars a listen, week. He says, and that's only only thirty dollars a week. This is coming from a magic player. That's nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I, I I have seen some of your Kickstarter receipts. I do follow you on the <laughs> platform. So <laughs> I would like to rescind my earlier statement. Um, I, I don't know what you're talking about, and that will have nothing to do with our featured segment here in a little bit. So Not uh, yeah, I don't I don't see that foreshadowing at all. But uh, yeah, okay. Sure. I'm excited for that uh, that that release for Marvel Crisis Protocol. Yeah. Definitely is is uh, one that I'll probably take a look at uh, once. Definitely. Uh, you know, I, I I see it in your store. So. Yeah. Um, and then next up, uh, we have Catan, Treasures, Dragons, and Adventurers. Uh, this is actually a grouping of, uh, I believe it's uh, six different scenarios and modules that you can plug into your Catan game. Uh, these are the first time that these have been released in English language. Uh, these have actually been scattered out in, uh, in German for quite a while. And you've been able to play them with the, you know, a little bit of a uh, little bit of translation. But now in English, first time these are available. Uh, and yeah, there's there's little dragon meeples in here. 
you get different uh, new cities, treasure tokens. Uh, you do need base katan, cities and knights, and seafarers to utilize everything that's in this box. So if you are a big Catan fan, this is definitely for you. If you're just still dabbling in it, maybe this is the one you want to skip out on right now. Uh, but it does include enough stuff in here that you can actually play Giant Catan without having to own a second copy of the base game. So that's very, very cool. But yeah, these are, these are good. There's a lot of wood in this box. There's a lot of roads and cities and dragons and boats. And yeah, the this is... dragons! They're so cute! Oh, the so dragons! Cute. But yeah, um, I am looking forward to getting a chance to try this. Uh, I haven't played Catan in probably a year or so, and this uh, I definitely want to get some dragon meeples to the table. So uh, definitely look forward to giving that a shot. Yeah, it's been, I can't remember the last time I played Catan, to be honest with you. I, right. I think I think the last version of Catan that I played was uh, the my first Catan. I think it was at like a gaming event and someone uh, had their kids there and they were like, and I, I think it was in, I was in between games or something and they're like, and, and like their little kid came up to me and was like, you want to play Catan with me? And I'm like, Sure, let's go play. And like, I think that was the last time I played Catan. Was was uh, was the the kids version. Now, have Doug, you, did, have you ever did been you destroyed just... at Catan yeah. by an eight year old? I think that's something that happened to me. This wasn't. They were like they were like even younger than that. I think they were like five or six years old. Um, and yes, I did not win. Like I am not. I'm not saying like like yeah. No, the, the, I didn't even come close. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it's one of those things I, I find that that happens with a lot of like family versions of games because we have it in our head that we need to be totally strategic and we're overthinking everything and the kids are like shiny and they that's how the games are designed so shiny wins <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hungry says uh, Katan was one of those games that I always wanted to play but never have mm -hmm. definitely, uh, definitely get it to the table if you can uh, hop into a game don't be afraid you know, don't be afraid to do it. Um, there's a little bit of a learning curve, just kind of knowing the tempo of the game, because that's actually part of it. You don't want to like play all of your cards the moment you get them. You do want to strategize a little bit with them and kind of burst out of nowhere, because otherwise you get ganged up on by all the other players, and it's it's hard to win that way. Yeah, like um, a group of five and six year olds. Yeah, they're, they're vicious. They're Since vicious. Barney they is uh, <laughs> is not here. I would like to point out that you should. Uh, Get it to the table when you Catan. Oh, oh no. Yikes. So, uh, on to the next one, Matt. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome, Barney. <laughs> uh, the next game we have, this is a, uh, this is actually a super brand new spanking release. Um, this is from Rebel Studio. It's actually being distributed by Asmodee. Uh, but this is Meadow. This is kind of a set collection, worker placement kind of mix. I I didn't know what to think of it when I first got a, a, a look at the box because you've got this cute little weasel with lots of sketch drawings and, and, and plants and everything. But basically you are playing the role of a, a nature observer and you go out into the field and you observe and that's where you put down your little path tokens in the, in the field. That'll allow you to collect different cards and then you come back to what they call the campfire board uh, at the table. And by taking certain actions and placing your, your markers on the campfire board, you activate different scoring methods. And then you get to play your cards out into a little tableau in front of you that you brought back. You've told your story about what you saw, and that's how you score games. It looks really, really neat. Um, 
I'm I'm definitely gonna be checking this out when it hits table. Uh, the art on it is great, very kind of reminiscent of of Wingspan in the quality. I need it. <laughs> that is it's, just it's, freaking out right it's now. It's super cute, and uh, there's kind of like a mini expansion slash legacy esque version thing to this. There's actually these um, little uh, expansions that are. Uh, lettered and at certain times you'll open these envelopes and, and new things will happen in the game. So uh, cool. definitely what? definitely so cool interested that that's in checking in. this out. Yeah, so oh um, yeah, definitely a game that I am going to try to get to the table in the next couple of weeks here and, uh, and, and How give many, that a shot. Uh, ben, I need to know this, this, the stats. How many players, age range, and price, please? Sure. Where did they put them on the box? You're going to make me look on the box. Uh, here Sorry. we go. Uh, <laughs> Didn't so, even put you on uh, the spot. <laughs> so uh, one to four players. Uh, so it does have a solo mode to it. Nice. Uh, they say ages ten and up, and it takes about an hour to an hour and a half, according to the box, to play. So it's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I think I think Amanda has has a new game right? that she wants to play. I might be opening a new tab and ordering it from your store right now. That might be a thing that I'm going to do, like right now. Okay. <laughs> We've got them. We've got them. Okay. Good. <laughs> oh but yeah that's uh that's new at the store um so yeah we've got got those coming in uh and it feels like the floodgates are going to start opening up here on new releases in the coming months as people try to get stuff out for the upcoming uh convention season uh that is is coming down the pipe very quickly on us uh the little truncated season that we're going to be experiencing uh, and also just trying to get ahead of what a lot of people are anticipating will be a very rough kind of holiday season you know, logistically in terms of getting product out and around. So uh, definitely look for new releases now. Uh, and if you're interested in picking anything up, definitely talk to your store and make sure that they can order it and get it in because if you wait too long, it might be a bit of a wait. Yeah, I was, I was just going to mention that, that uh, you know, we always talk about, like, one thing that, that's a big issue is, is logistics and especially worldwide shipping and all this and that. Um, so if you have a game that, that you're interested in and that you think you might want either want for Christmas or you think someone else might want for Christmas, don't sleep do on it. Yeah, don't sleep <laughs> yeah. on it do because it, of the fact that... Do it that now and put it in a closet and then put a reminder in your phone that you already bought it because... <laughs> Yeah. No, it's a it's a nightmare from yeah. the publisher side. It's a nightmare. We're all freaking out. Every, <laughs> everyone is is experiencing delays. Everybody's yeah. experiencing you know uh, production increase costs, and and so you know I I don't know if you're Ben. I don't know. Have you seen a, a huge uh, increase or a huge difference in, in pricing on on games that maybe would have been one price? You know, this time last year, compared to what they what they are currently, uh, we've actually seen about four or five different publishers go through and have to do some cost increases. Um, not necessarily across the board, but definitely a lot of uh, a lot of the staples are kind of seeing some increases. Uh, ones that they are going to be printing a lot of and moving a lot of, you're definitely seeing a bit of uh, an increase in that regard, and it's it's happening now. And it'll probably continue to happen throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, it, it's just been just it, like even Kickstarters that I've backed are are at this point now. They're like like a year after or a year and a half after everything started. They're just now getting a lot of the price increase information mm -hmm. 
and all of the shipping delays are starting to impact now. Like companies that normally fulfill, like that I've backed multiple times within like usually early, if not on time are now saying, Hey, you know, like everybody else, we're just as screwed as you guys are, as everybody else is. So uh, yeah, yeah. Kickstarters in general are having a hard are having a hard, hard time with their pledge managers because they, they want to keep them open as long as they can to make sure that they're getting the, the proper you know shipping rates in quotes, but they also need to lock in production numbers. So the longer they keep their their pledge manager open, the more apt they're not going to have you know they're they're yeah. going to run over, but probably not as much over as they initially probably yeah. thought. Um, so it's you're begging it's, for delays then too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's really it's really a, a really tough situation for for any any t- manufacturer of of pretty much almost anything at this at this point, let alone you know tabletop. Oh games. yeah, it's not just yeah, it's not just small producers. Even the big time producers are like, you know, hey, we ordered you know five containers full of all of this product, and one of them might get to us maybe a month late. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? So. Yeah, it's a, it's it's going to be a tightrope walk that the entire industry is is dealing with for the rest of this year. I know as a store, I'm now buying at quantities to last me through the end of the year because I don't know if normally, you know, two weeks before Christmas, I can get a restock of the hot game. You don't. Know that's that, not yeah. gonna that's not gonna happen this year. So I'm spending money we don't necessarily have to spend just trying to hedge my bets and and hopefully it'll pay off uh, at the end of the year so oh, sure. that, i yeah. can't imagine it not paying off like, could you imagine being the only place in town to get the hot new thing dude that's fingers <laughs> crossed that's us but yeah. <laughs> well that's that's also not only is it how you impress your customers it's how you uh earn a lot of loyalty too right yeah <laughs> yeah Ooh, that's uh it looks like a pretty good week for for new releases though yeah. the store this week so awesome well, this week we're going to change up the format a little bit and uh, have a little less, a uh, l- little less of the segments, and uh, we're just going to go right to our feature segment. So, and now our feature presentation. I didn't have my popcorn ready for the feature presentation yet, Doug. Sorry. Dang well, it. that's probably good because then that way people will hear you. Uh, you know, eat your popcorn on, on the audio podcast. Uh, the uh, the question, the, the, the topic of tonight's um, feature segment is how have we changed as gamers over the last five years? And some some people are you know tend to keep this pretty much the same trends, the same you know genres and, and everything that they that they uh, like to stick with. You know, as far as tabletop and, and role playing games, um, but I've noticed uh, myself personally that, that my tastes have kind of changed over the last five years. Um, and we kind of talked a little bit about, I think, was it last week that we, we talked a little bit about how how have we changed just personally uh, since since we were you know younger, and that just kind of got got me thinking. You know, hey, or, I think Ben actually was the one that that this suggested this topic that. that uh, that uh, you know, hey, what if we what Not if we talked about this. how we have personally changed? And maybe we've matured. Maybe we've we've uh, given some some looks at some games or some some. Uh, uh, genres that, that we might not have uh, previously and and now that we, we have we we uh we kind of appreciate that type of game a little bit more so uh, yeah i thought we'd take uh, take a good 
you know, 20, 30 minutes and talk about uh, how have we changed as, as gamers as in the last five years? And if we have changed, uh, that's, I think that's probably the first, uh, the first question we probably should lead with. Um, I know personally I have changed a lot since, uh, since five years ago. Uh, a lot of that has to do with my personal life. Um, you know, five years ago, my daughter was, how old was she? Nine, eight. I mean, we were just starting out BCG at that point. Math. And yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's, you know, back then when she was nine years old, you know, the, there were certain games that we would get to the table because, you know, they, they were fa more family friendly. Um, and it was cool to play, you know, board games and, and tabletop games with dad and mom and Ooh. and uh now it's not quite as cool anymore but that's okay <laughs> that's all right hey we all have our things yeah. that we get into so i have seen my my uh uh my preferences in in, in tabletop games change over these last five years and and uh and i'm kind of curious as to how how that might be the case for Amanda as well, since she was she's kind of in a close situation as I was in five uh, five years ago, and also uh, Ben and, and Jason. So, uh, Amanda, I'll let you go uh, next. Yes, sure. So, uh, five years ago, I had a nine month old and a three and a half year old, so I did not have any time to do any gaming really at all. You were more in danger of eating your gaming stuff than playing with it. Uh, yeah, when, when you've got an infant and a toddler, it's just like, what do you have time to do? Nothing. You have time to do absolutely nothing, ever. Yeah. So I, I didn't have a lot of gaming that I got to do at that point. And most of what I ever actually did get in was work related. And so a lot of the gaming that I did since I still was doing um, development with different companies that I do artwork for as well. And then also like helping uh, different companies I do artwork for at conventions. And so I'd be running a lot of games at conventions, but I was not, and doing a lot of like playtest gaming, but I was not playing a lot of games for myself. And I kind of got to the point where I was like, I still enjoyed running games, but I was getting very burnt out on games also just being work. And thankfully, as the kids got a little older and I got a little more time to myself and I, I got to actually start doing more gaming for myself, which has been a very great improvement. But after all of that time of like, oh, I have to constantly just do games for work, I'm a lot more choosy about what I do with my gaming time. So if people are like, hey, do you want to be a part of this game? And I'm not actually super interested in it. I'm like, no, that's okay. Whereas previously, I would have just been like, yeah, absolutely, sure, I just want a game. But if it's like a system that I don't really care for, or the story doesn't sound that interesting at this point, I'm just like, uh, that's okay, I'll skip it. Because I know I don't have a lot of time still. I may have more time than I did, but I'm a lot choosier about what I actually say yes to when it comes to those games. And now that my kids are eight and five, we do a lot of gaming all together as a family. And a lot of little kid games kind of suck. I know I featured. <laughs> I remember this segment from the, a couple of shows. Yeah, ago. <laughs> I, I featured some of the ones that are really good. We do have some that are really good, but a lot of them suck. A lot of them are just not very good. Uh, some of that is for developmental reasons. Some of it is just for cheap cash grab reasons on the part of the people who manufacture them and publish them. But because of that, we've been. Also, I have to do a lot of like on the fly game designing. So like some of my favorite <laughs> games, my kids will be like, oh, that looks cool. I want to play. And so then I'm like, okay, uh, sure. Let me think about <laughs> how I want to simplify this so that it is yep. 
mostly the same game, but you can still play it. So, like, my favorite one, uh, my favorite example of this is that uh, one of my favorite games is Quilt Show, which is, uh, it's like, fairly obscure, but <laughs> it's, a, it's a game about quilting. You just, you make, you make quilts, you gather up little, like, blocks of fabric like different types of fabric it, and you exchange them for blocks and then you make quilts and yeah it's it's it actually mechanically like uh no actually mechanically it's most similar to ticket to ride okay. like the way that it the way that it works is actually very very similar to ticket to ride um but there were a lot of like restrictions around scoring and everything and so to my kids were like oh this looks fun i want to play too and i so so my kids were like oh i get i see what this stuff is i get it like i i get what we're doing here with the theme, so I want to be involved. And so I basically was just like, okay, um, I'm gonna like disregard most of the restrictions around scoring and be like, just make your quilt however you want. Because the big like scoring thing is that you have to have quilts of a certain size and shape and everything and patterns and colors and whatever. And I was like, no, just make your quilt however you want. And we'll just, we'll just do it that way. And the game still mostly works. Obviously, it's a lot easier for the little kids that way, but it is not intended to be a little kids game, so fine, whatever. <laughs> but, but I've done a lot of that. It just try to keep the kids interested and make them feel like they're a part of it, too. I'm just like, all right, how do I redesign this adult game that does not have a kid counterpart in order to keep them yeah. involved? <laughs> and, and that's good because, like, you almost can, like, implement, like, certain aspects of a game that, as they grow older. Like, you can, yes. you know, so... so right, you, know, you I, I know we see that reintroducing those mechanics right. back in. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I can totally relate to that. There was uh, quite a few games like that that uh, I tried to uh, get Sydney <laughs> to play it. Because uh, you know, they, they they make you know it's a funny thing that the the board game uh, or in just tabletop game publishers do they they make the the cover image of the boxes and and uh, like really attractive and and so that mm -hmm. people want to play them for some reason and, and that even goes for for kids of uh, you know for kids that are uh, much younger than what they're intended for so they're always very colorful and exactly. very eye catching and the kids are just like oh what is this and it's like <laughs> uh, it's way strategically above your head <laughs> but yes the box hmm. is attractive <laughs> but I, I will I, I will encourage parents to do that like definitely you know it, it might not be as much fun for you but if you want that next generation to to be into board games and tabletop games, that's you know you, you kind of have to make those sacrifices, and and uh, <laughs> you know that's that's uh, uh, eventually you hope that it will pay off in the long run. And, and it pays off faster than you think because yeah. of that. My kids consistently play games that are at least a couple of year, a year of years ahead of where they're supposed to be as far as what games are pitched at their age. Because I was just thinking like, right. oh yeah, at this point, Wolfgang's eight. We could easily play Catan with him at this point. I'm pretty sure he would actually be fine to play that game now. He would probably stomp me. Uh, he'd probably stomp me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the five-year-old is the one you have to watch out for. He's the one that consistently stomps everyone at Battle Sheep. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh... Ben, uh, as a store owner, uh, you have to stay up to date with all sorts of games, just because you've got uh, all sorts of gamers that come into your uh, into your store. Uh, have you seen a personal change in what you uh, feel is, you know, are go to games that, that you would have preferred five years ago compared to what the what you would consider go to games today? 
Yeah, so I, I actually divide my gaming into two very different mindsets. Like, I, I, there's the games that I'm playing for fun, and there's the games that I am playing for research and, right. and product training. And honestly, with a game that I'm playing for product training, I want you, I want it to be explained almost like uh, Amanda working with her kids. I don't need to know how every little thing works. I just need to have an overall feel for how the game works. Right. Um, so like simplify it for me. Get, get me through the first couple of turns without necessarily bogging me down with everything. Um, and and when I when I go to a, a when I previously and and hopefully again here at the end of the uh, the end of the year when I'm going to a convention and I'm hitting up the the demo tables and everything, I want to spend like twenty minutes, half an hour per game, so that I can learn twenty games in a day, and 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 just have my mental notes on those initial first impressions because honestly, that's how I'm then going to know if I need to go back and look at something a little closer. Um, so as a, as a store owner, my gaming is very much, how do I feel about the first like three turns? And after sure. that, I don't really care. Um, it's <laughs> move, move on to something else. I need to check something else out again. Um, and, and a lot of people, I, I would, I would guess a lot of people think that's probably not a fun way to play games, but I actually, I do get a thrill off it because I am getting so many different experiences in such a little bit of time. Um, Plus, it's, it's, it it yeah. must give you a chance to, to compare, like, oh, this mm -hmm. this game does this a little bit better than than you know X game does it a lot better than Y game does, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. just because of, of certain, yeah. certain ways. And I mean, and and the gaming industry definitely moves in trends. Yep. You know, we see, you know, we'll see a bunch of deck builders at once, and then we'll see a bunch of worker placements at once, or we'll see a bunch of zombie games at once, and then it's pirates. So like, you do get to compare these actually. You know, not so much apples to oranges, but more like Granny Smiths to Red Delicious. Um, so it's a, uh, and yeah, you know, if I can do that and I can put, you know, four or five game demos together that have a similar feel, I know what's going to be a hit at my store and I know what I can order super deep on. And I know what I can, you know, all right, I'll get a couple, but I probably will keep this on the, you know, on the, on the special order only list for a while. Um, and then with, terms of my personal gaming uh if i roll back the calendar a little bit further uh you know 10 years ago i wasn't working at a store and i gamed a lot and then five years ago i became full-time at a store and i stopped gaming um and because i didn't <laughs> didn't have time uh sure. you know one of the uh one of the adages in the industry is don't open a store if you love gaming because you will stop, you'll stop gaming a lot, um, you know. And it's it's definitely been something over the past five years that I've had to carve time out of my of my schedule to have personal gaming because so much of it, like I said, is is doing you know little quick plays here and there for research for the store. You don't get a chance to really dive in and, and enjoy what you're looking at uh, in terms of in terms of the games that I'm enjoying. Um, I want something that I can play two or three times in a night um, where, you know, maybe three or four years ago, I wanted uh, one game that would take three hours. And now I want something that I can play a couple of times or I can play two different games. 
in a, in a game session. So my my complexity has I don't think the complexity of the games I like has come down, but the playtime that I'm looking for in a game has yep. definitely uh, come down in that regard. Um, and then especially during the pandemic here, I, I've actually gone like full nostalgia in my gaming. And I bought a lot of old dead collectible card games that I played as a kid. And I'm like, I want, yep. I want to get those to the table again. I want to start reclaiming, reclaiming that nostalgia. Me back my youth. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, the past five years as a gamer for my personal gaming has been a, a massive roller coaster and a shift. And I probably see a, a, you know, a tweak in what I'm looking for in a game almost yearly, um, as as I continue to explore both uh, my my hobby and and my profession so it changes a lot and i expect if we did this again in a year i would probably have something completely different to say about what i'm looking for in a game so sure, sure. yeah uh jason I, I think you and i probably I, i'm going to guess that you and i probably have shifted our game our tabletop gaming preferences more similarly over over these last five years, but but maybe maybe I could be wrong. So I'm kind of curious as to what your your answer is is, is if, if you've uh, changed as as uh, as a game a tabletop game over the last five years. Uh, well, it kind of it went in two stages for me. Uh, five years ago, I was mostly um, skirm or not skirmish games, but uh, tabletop miniatures gaming. Right. Uh, lots of War Machine. Lots of 40k. Uh, Infinity, uh, Blood Bowl, even, uh, and basically any, anything you could put minis on a on a tabletop for. Yep. Um, other th beside that, when I couldn't do that, I was a huge into video gaming. I was a big shooter gamer. I was playing PUBG mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Rainbow Six Siege, uh, and, uh, Far Cry stuff like that. Uh, and then about a, oh geez, I want to say about four years ago. Uh, that's when I first ran into uh, Doug through Alan, I think, at this point. It was about four years ago now, I think. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, I, I was getting back into playing D&D sort of games again, but I didn't want the crunch of D&D. &D. So I was poking around, trying to find minimalist rule sets. I found Tiny Dungeon, and uh, I've been pestering Alan ever since. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's kind of where where uh, you and I are very similar in that aspect, uh, Jason. I think uh, yeah. you know, as as a tabletop gamer, uh, I, I kind of moved away from, you know, more rules heavy crunch. Yeah, games, yeah. and, and I, I I tend to lean towards more indie, uh, more yeah. story driven, more you know, campaign driven type of games yes. instead of instead of competitive games. You I know, I think that much, that's yeah. The now that I haven't played forty K or War Machine or anything like that in a while, uh on any in any kind of, you know, intense way anyway, um, I look at it now and I'm like, I just I don't want to anymore. Yeah. Like I'm I would I'm perfectly happy to be Baron Pretzels all the time, you know, just go to mm -hmm, a buddy's place, mm -hmm. put some models on the table, trash talk each other, have some good food, some good times, you know walk away having done something silly you know that's that is an enjoyable afternoon of gaming for me i don't it doesn't matter if i win i don't give a damn if i win at this point just as long as i have a good time um and as a player i know i've changed a lot just since having met you guys uh i used to not really pay much attention to how i was gaming um 
like I would always, I would do different characters and stuff like that, and I could do personalities for the characters, and I would have motivations and that sort of thing. But um, I pay a lot more attention to my fellow players now than I ever used to before. Mm. Nice. Like when I was when I was I would be gaming at a table, and I'd be like, okay, I need to. And I was taking it back from my my tabletop gaming. I was like, I need to win. My character needs to win at whatever my character is doing, and you guys maybe in my way you might be my allies you might be whatever but at the end of the day i'm like you know you're, you're, you're doing something in character and i'm like nah whatever your words are coming out of your mouth i'm not paying any attention but now i'm i, I find myself a lot of the time getting more invested in what other people are doing and trying to help them do that than i do worrying about what my own character is doing there's lots of times when we've finished a game session and i've been like what were my character's motivations again? <laughs> All I did the entire game was try to help this guy and then this person, you know. <laughs> yep. So yep. hopefully that was in character because that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think, uh, you know, uh, in this day and age, you know, I I didn't really grow up with a lot of the tabletop RPG, you know, uh, playing game experiences growing up because, you know, it wasn't really something that I was allowed to. Um, but... Uh, you know, I, I've definitely over these last, you know, five, six years have, have really, you know, enjoyed. Yeah, I found that I really enjoy the collaborative storytelling mm-hmm. experience of, of games yeah. more so than like, like, like you said, Jason, like, okay, I'm just going to make it, you know, I'm just going to make it all about me and, and, you know, what my characters, I mean, I still do that to some extent because, you know, have you seen me in actual plays? I mean, that's, yes. that's kind of, but, kind of, you know, D- I, Doug and I's I do... trope is we just pick on each other for the entire <laughs> actual play and everybody else just kind of plays a whole different game around us. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, so it, there are certain things that, uh, you know, I, I still haven't shed, but, you know, I, I really value the whole, you know, trying to, to, to build a story, uh, yeah. story I like, collab, I, like you know, I don't care if a game is huge on lore. I don't anymore. Like, I, I it doesn't bother me. I mean, I, should, I shouldn't say I don't care. It doesn't bother me if there's like a book and a half for me to read for lore because I love getting into the lore of a setting. Yep. I want to I wanna bury myself in a setting when I'm playing in it. I want to have that, you know, just, I don't, I, I guess it's the best way to say it is intimate knowledge of the setting. It sounds a little weird, but I've said it anyway. Um, I want like I want like the eighty-page thing where it's like, hey, here's your setting, and then the thirty-page thing which has the rules. Mm. If the rules are larger than the setting, no, I'm just no. That's just way too much. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be sitting there for seven and a half hours with like seven pieces of paper doing notes on say, well, okay, if I play this class, I can do this, and if I play that class, I can do this. And these rules over here say I can do that and this and this and that. And then I have to consult this this book over here. No. Uh-uh, I'm already out. You've lost me. <laughs> I've also been, uh, you know, back to what uh, Ben was saying about uh, playing times. Uh, mm. You know, I've also seen that my attention span has, I mean, not not so much with, with RPGs, but with, like, table with board games especially. Like, once you hit that, like, 60 to 90 minute mark, I'm gonna probably check out at that point. I mean, not, not that I will t- totally check check out, but it, it takes this particular game to keep me invested after an hour and a half of, of gameplay. Um, whereas, you know, previously I've probably been like, oh yeah, no, I want to massively win this, you know, I'm, I'm getting into it, uh, you know, and, and I want to just dominate my, you know, yeah. the people. I still, that I mean, minute mark, 
I still just don't have time. Yeah. I, I just don't have time. <laughs> I don't have time for that. Yeah. Like, I one of my favorite games still is Eclipse, which is a 4X game, and it takes um, forever to play, roughly. Roughly forever. Uh, approximately forever and a half if you have a lot of players. <laughs> and I love it. I love this game so much. I play it once a year at this yeah. point. I, yeah, I yeah. break it out. I, I intentionally make sure I break it out once a year and my husband and I play a game and if someone else is around who wants to play then we show them how to play yep. but that I don't have time for a game that takes forever that's it's time, too long <laughs> I've definitely really grown grown to appreciate game design that utilizes a finite number of rounds or turns right rather than a win condition that could occur sometime in the future sometime next Tuesday like um, <laughs> it, it it really it really drives home like the design aspect of you don't want your players to do everything they wanted to do in the game. So, which is a good thing because then they want to play the game again. Exactly. So right. like, if you give me just enough time to almost do everything I want to do, I'm like, ah, okay, next time I'm going to do this. And then the next time I'm going to do that. And that type of game really, really uh, gives me a lot of good stuff. Uh, a good good example of that is Lords of Waterdeep. You play over mm. eight rounds, mm, yeah. and then the game ends. And whoever has the most victory points is the winner. And I'm just like, oh, I was so close to doing that. Oh, okay, next next time I'll build. Next time I'll build the buildings and focus on that instead of something else. So, yeah, any anything that puts a, a finite limit on the gameplay is a is a game I've really grown to appreciate. Just so that I'm not at a table for you know four or five hours, or if yeah. you're a Twilight Imperium fan, uh, well, <laughs> no. <laughs> You know, Eclipse I, I, actually not, has limited turns, but they're yes. just very long turns. <laughs> very long turns. <laughs> There's a lot you can do in a turn, so it mm -hmm. takes a while. <laughs> and I'm not saying that, like you know, Twilight Imperium is is a bad game or anything. No, like, it's like a people great game. people love it, and and you know, if you, yeah. I I see folks that that play it, that get together and play it annually. You know, so you know there are certain games that, that kind of go. Yeah. You know the the. You know, this is kind of what I lean towards, but there are exceptions to, to, to that. Mm -hmm. uh, Twilight you know, Imperium is not the game you're going to play every weekend with your right. buddies. Right, And And no. if, if it is, you, I guess it's fortunate for you that you've got buddies that are willing to do that every weekend. <laughs> because that that's like the kind of thing where it's like, you know, your buddies come over at 8 a.m., and they crash in your living room, assuming that's not where you're playing your game. <laughs> and then the next the morning you get brunch. back up again, <laughs> and while you're eating breakfast, you're still playing because there's still a lot to do in that game. Right. And I've done games like that before, but mm -hmm. uh, but I've definitely they're not where I my comfort zone is anymore. <laughs> no, definitely. Uh, so yeah, let, let us know in the chat uh, if you've changed as as a tabletop gamer in the last five years. Uh, and uh, we'd love to hear you uh, hear from you. Uh, Rodrigo says uh, I dropped World of Darkness. Uh, yeah, that's that, all right. Sometimes World of Darkness is a pretty like if you've been involved in World of Darkness for a long time, that game has evolved a lot. Yeah, like, a lot of games do that editions, too. Yeah, it's really changed quite a bit. Like it's gone through some ups and some downs, and some ups and some more downs and ups again. So Rodrigo also says, I still play some rules-heavy systems, but I really want to move to lighter systems like Tiny Dungeons. Tiny Dungeon is is great. Uh, we're big, I'm a big fan of Tiny Dungeon, especially if you want to get into something rules-light, really quick and easy to pick up. Um, 
What other what other rules like uh, systems should we, should we uh, give for uh, Rodrigo? Borg, 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 which is hilarious. Space. What's that? We, we talked and soon uh, different space. They're releasing yep, that now. Yeah. No, I will always sing the praise of Mork Borg, which is hilarious because as we touched a, a few episodes ago, like it was the one that surprised me the most. I was like, I'm not gonna like this game at all, and now I'm just like. <laughs> To everyone who is like, I want something rules light. That's a lot of flavor. I'm like, more pork. Yep, more pork. <laughs> more pork. It, it, the book is just beautiful too. So if, if you're a fan of uh, that, then definitely. Uh, uh, if you if you want a rules light game, this is Index Card RPG. <laughs> this is the entire go. game, all in one book, done over. This is uh, the rules. Go to. Uh, Meh. There in the book. <laughs> That's the rules. Okay. The rest of it is setting and worlds nice. and places you can play and stuff like that. So it's nice. a lot like Tiny Dungeon in the fact that uh, a uh, lot of that book was micro settings or you know kind of yes. adventure prompts. It's uh, it's Tiny Dungeon. Uh, I want it with a little bit of crunch mixed up against it. Okay. It's not a ton of crunch. It's enough that you can like you can read through the rules and have a full complete understanding of them. In probably uh, I don't know uh, a couple hours in an afternoon. It's just, it's a little bit more depth than Tiny Dungeons, but not holy cow! What am I doing? Right. Uh, I, I know a lot of folks will say uh, 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 "Powered by the Apocalypse" games or "Rules Light." I don't mind them; those aren't usually my go-to. But I will say that that's another system that the, the world very books story that come driven. out for PBTA are amazing. Yep. The, just mm-hmm. the, the reference books, like you can, you can take all those reference books and use them in anything. They're just astonishing how much detail and effort the the second party creators put into that. I played a PBTA game on this show and I didn't roll once the entire time. <laughs> yeah, that's entirely possible <laughs> my, in a power. And my character story. basically won that scenario too. Yeah, that no, was I, great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cal says the introduction of cinem- cinematic style games I have found mm. to be pretty enjoyable. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Uh, Hungry also agrees with Jason that uh, agrees with with more lore than rules. For once, people are on my side, Doug. What's going on? I know. On? It's, what's, what's going on? This Usually, I'm the, I'm the old man on, the, on his lawn shaking I, his fist at everybody. The, the one thing that, that, that I have with lore-heavy games is that it's hard to sometimes get players up to speed yeah. On, yeah. on the setting. Um, you really have to have... Your GM and your players have to both be invested in in the setting in order to uh, to really kind of run those games, you know, in but the there, setting that they're intended. There are workarounds for that, of course. You can always have your player, if someone just like for whatever reason they come into the campaign halfway through, or they just weren't able to, they don't have the the spare time to dedicate to catching up on the lore or whatever. Or say you're doing like a licensed property game that's based on like a TV show or something that one of your players hasn't actually watched and has no idea and doesn't have time to catch up on all 12 seasons of. That there are things you can do to get around that creatively as far as like character direction. So like I jumped into a Star Wars game that had been running for many, many years. And so I was like, I have no idea what's going on. Like you guys have been doing your your AU Star Wars for like three years. My character just got out of prison. I don't know what's go. going on because yeah. nice. I've been in prison. The whole world's gone by around you. You got no nope. clue. No clue. Catch me up on what's relevant as we go. 
what I do sometimes when I'm GMing stuff like that for rules for or sorry for lore heavy uh, systems is I'll just uh, take something out of the character's background or, or character and say, okay, um, this is something that's happened to your character in the past. And then at the end of the day, when they've explored that a little bit, I'm saying, okay, you want to read a little bit more about it? Go to page, you know, 139. Uh, read from that. Read from like 139 to like 142. And that explains pretty much everything you need to know about what your character has just done. And that way they're not looking at this like, you know, three inch thick book that isn't rules, but is lore. And they're not saying, oh my God, I can't read all this, you know, give it to them in little snippets. That, that you don't need Highlight to know reel. everything there is to know about the right. world starting off. You just need to have some basic interaction with your character on what they know and what they've experienced. And that's it. The one thing that I, I really enjoyed, uh, I know there's a couple of games that, that I'm a really big fan of that are really lore heavy. Uh, one of which was was Sin, Sins that we've played on this on the show, and I loved how like the introductory like game, like, like the quick start game that that they give you, is basically just an introduction into that whole universe. Yeah. And like as like it's basically you're playing as the characters as they're encountering, you know, as they're encountering the the the, the world collapsing as you know it, and so that sets it up that. for. Yeah, for campaign. I was, I was like, I read that whole book because that was that was the first time that Doug and I ever really were like, oh my god, dude, the lore, the lore is astonishing here. This is like, I, I couldn't nice. put the damn thing down at all. And I was talking to Doug about it. I was like, oh my god, I'm so ready to play this game. I want to play this game so bad. And then they send over the quick start characters, and I'm like, what? This is just a dude. This is just a dude. He's got nothing. He's nobody. He's a bartender. He's a ladies' man. And I'm like, why am I, mean, I playing I play a this. dude? Yeah, I'm just playing a guy at the end of the world. Like, what's going on? Because I was reading the book, and there's all these rules about all of. Yeah, the, you basically uh, become the... like these, like kind of yeah. like almost godlike creatures or yeah. like very super powered <laughs> creatures. But uh... I was all pumped to play one of those things, and I'm like, bartender, what? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was a good, good, good little series that we did uh, on the show. Uh, but I really liked. I enjoyed how they did that. I, I, I hope, uh, I hope I see more of that uh, going I, forward. The expand, they just, uh, I just got a notification saying that they're moving ahead with getting ready to ship the expansion stuff. So I'm yeah, I saw that. that. I saw that. I'm, I'm excited to, to see that finally get delivered. Um, but yeah, uh, I think uh, Ben, have you seen? Or has actually for the whole panel? Have you seen your sh since the pandemic uh, has has taken place? Have you seen any shifts even recent in your gaming? Uh, you know, over these last you know year and a half, have you have you gone back to any games that maybe you uh, didn't play on the regular because of the fact that you didn't have time? But now that you're you know since you were stuck at home. You kind of dug it out, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I really, uh, I really like that game." And and uh, I, I'm just kind of curious as to whether or not the uh, whole COVID uh, situation has has affected you as a game, game. Let alone, you know, not just as a as we've aged over these last five years. Has you know the the situation that the world's been in had any effect on on your gaming uh, preferences? Uh, let's go with Ben. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's something I see every day. Uh, everyone that was coming to my shop, their gaming preferences, they've shifted a little bit. Um, I we before the pandemic, party games 
were huge. Mm-hmm. Everyone wanted wanted code names and and Stringmajig and uh, you know, all of these big party games. And now people are looking for those those two player, three player experiences. Um, you know whether they're they're not ready for for large get-togethers yet, or they've just found a little more comfort in those more intimate games with the lower player counts. Um, could be either, probably both. Um, I know uh, I'm a big fan of two-player games, uh, just because I can't always get a large number of people together, especially for my personal gaming time. Um, and uh, I, I also try to find uh, two-player games that work for, for my wife and I. She's not a huge gamer by any stretch. Uh, but if I, you know, it's just a two-player game and it's something that we can play and we don't have to worry about finding other people and 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 that, then, yeah, it's a, it's a big bonus for us. So, yeah, I would say player counts is, is, is a big thing that's kind of shifted a little bit. And not for, like, the obvious reason that, well, you can't get together with people. I just think people are becoming more more conscious of player counts and, and being okay with, with smaller player count games. Because, to be honest, a lot of people always felt like board games where it's like, well, i got to put five or six of my friends around the same table for us to have a good time. Mm-hmm. And, and now people are like, you know, it's okay if we get together with our friends and three of us are over here and two of us are over here playing, you know, playing separate games. And then we'll mix it up you know, after those games finish, so. I've had a hard time <laughs> with my group uh, just trying to get that across, actually. Like, we've we've been struggling recently because my D&D group plays every every other week and just summer and, you know, time off work. Yeah. One of them's a school teacher who has, like, basically summer's his only time off, so. And stuff like that, you know, adult things come into play for life and whatnot. And they're always like, oh, one of us can't make it. I guess we don't play. And I'm like... That doesn't have to be the case. As long as most of us can be there, we can play. Like, we can always do makeup sessions or just like quick role playing interludes and stuff like that. But trying to c- get them to come around to that way of thinking has been hard mm-hmm. because they're just so ingrained in the whole. We have to all be there at the table. Mm. And even even if like I've, there's been a couple of times when um, we've gone into role playing heavy sessions, and myself and one of the other characters spend an hour talking with some minor interactions with everybody else and the DM. And at the end of the day, I'm like, so how could we not have done this just with three of us? We didn't all need to be here. Like one of the guys was just like during that downtime, he was basically working on his character sheet and doing other things. He was paying attention, but it wasn't absolutely necessary that he be there, you know? And and they, they're kind of starting to see, oh, you know what? Better to get some gaming in than no gaming. Because <laughs> that's what a lot of people hold out too much for. They want that perfect gaming group where it's like, ah, the, the mm. perfect, like the DM and the group of four to five friends sitting around the table doing their thing. Everybody wants that, that magical thing. And it just, it, it's so difficult to do these days. And that's yeah. one of the things that I've changed, like that uh, me and Doug actually share, is getting into um, games that have solo mechanics. Mm-hmm. For miniatures and stuff like that, like last Absolutely. Tales, we bo- um, I'm 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 gonna send my wife to your house, Doug. <laughs> when when I suffer this when I suffer this one, she's she's coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Uh-oh. Uh But yeah, like uh, games with solo mechanics, like Four Against Darkness. There's tons of them on Drive yep. RPG if you want to go searching for them. They're really <laughs> easy. Um, you basically just there's there's mechanics for generating what the bad guys do. 
There's uh, ways to generate whole dungeons just procedurally. It's almost like a video game at that point. Um, between that and just generally wanting to play, like that's why I like our actual plays. It's one and done. We very rarely do two or three episodes unless it's a big thing. But we like we get in, we get out, and we play the game. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> I, Success. I have found yeah. that 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 I am a lot more particular with like like what Jason said, like uh, with my miniatures board games, with my you know uh, just my tabletop miniatures games, just because like. I'd rather have something that I can play, especially over these last 18 months. You know, I, I've dug out my, my Walking Dead all-out war miniatures games, uh, you know, a few times, and, and uh, you know, some of those, those Mantic games that, that you can play co-op and, and solo, you know, I I kind of dusted them off because of the fact that, hey, you know, I, I can play those by myself and and uh, I I'm, don't feel I'm getting, you know, some sort of, you know, lesser experience. And uh, I still get that the whole story aspect that I narrative uh, aspect that that I love about those games. So yeah, I, I think if a game if a game is playable solo, then I will usually take a look at it. If it has to require two two player, a lot of times I'm just on the fence and I'm just like, nah, I don't think that I'll probably get that to the table because I just can't. And if if it's a three person. Like, you know, miniatures board game or tabletop game, forget it. I, I don't, I can't. If, if there's, just because I know I can't get, I, I have a hard time getting one person, you know, to play, let alone getting two other people. You know, it's so, like, I know where previously I would have been like, oh, those miniatures are great. I will ma I will back that just because, you know, I'm sure I can eventually be able to find some, you know, two other people to play this with me. Now it's just like, you know what, I probably will be able to, but it won't be for quite some time. So I'm just going to wait until my friends, you know, maybe one of my friends also has a copy of this and I will, I will then get the chance to enjoy it that way because, you know, why, why should I, you know, invest in a game if I only get to play it, you know, once every year or once every other year, you know, just because, you know, it has nice minis. So, uh, a lot of a lot of it has to do with uh, the player count at this point. Anyway, that's how uh, we've all changed as uh, as tabletop gamers. It's interesting to see how, because uh, I, I I think it's funny that uh, you know Amanda's kind of where I was about five years ago. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, it'll be interesting to watch as as you know your family kind of grows up over these next five years uh, how. How they'll change even more. So we'll uh, see. At some point, they'll reach the stinking teenagers phase and not want anything to do with <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, no, you'll be just... like you'll be like my house, where it's like, no, hey, you want to play a board game? Me. <laughs> this is just part of the cycle of life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, all right, folks, that's going to do it for this episode of the Kiata Goodcast. So it was uh, episode one eleven. We appreciate everybody that tuned in. Uh, we want to thank everyone that, that joined us in the chat. If you'd like to join us, I. Uh, it, as well in the chat, just uh, like I, like I said, join us every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on uh, YouTube, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, on and uh, you can join us on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook. We uh, broadcast out to all those platforms, and uh, we'd love to ha love to have you. Want to thank our panel tonight, and yeah, that's uh, that's the episode. It was chaotic, but it was so good. We'll see you all next week.
thanks so much for watching this video. Uh, if you would be so kind, make sure you hit that like, uh, comment, and subscribe, all the YouTube jazz that we're supposed to do here. Uh, it really is greatly appreciated. And if you'd like to support us more, uh, you can uh, check us out on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com backslash victorykinditiongaming. have all sorts of Patreon perks, and it definitely helps support our show. Thank you so much. Ben, I tried to order the game from your site, and it's not on there yet. Because <gasps> I've got one copy. I need it, though. Uh -oh. You need to and send it to me. And that belongs to Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, That's a, ben, Ben's right. like, sorry, sorry quarter you. staff customers. Set aside for the wheat and cheese crew. So. There you nice. go. Amanda's name on it now. <laughs> Good. So. I'm going to call you in the morning. <laughs> Amanda is definitely... A member of the wheat and cheese crew. I will. Uh, I'll. I'll put it on the site here, and I'll shoot you the private link to it so that you can order it. Awesome. Somebody doesn't scalp I'm, it out from under. I'm actually literally going to order it like right now. It's a thing that's okay. going to happen. Well, give, give me five minutes. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I'm here. I've got five minutes. Uh, so yeah, fine. I'll do some work. Hold on. While you're sitting in your game store, right. I guess I'll work. I guess I'll do some work here. <laughs> yeah, J Jason came prepared with the Masters of the Universe team. Right. I was I was all ready to talk. I, I was I was I really watched. kind of impressed. I really was. I, I mean, I won't talk too much yet. about it because Barney wants to see it and everything. Yeah, else. yeah. No, I was I, remarkably impressed by that show. It's it's definitely. It's not what I expected, but not in a good, but a, but in a good way. Like yeah. I'm, I wasn't one of those fan. I'm not one of the fanboys that goes, "Oh my god, this was," you know, I can't believe you bait and switched uh, this this show with me. You know what? This will probably get my it teenage was, daughter to watch it. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I, I watched uh, episode one of Star Girl, and that was amazing. I'm actually, I'm a, I'm actually my daughter makes fun of that show that. so bad. Without without spoiling too much, I've only seen the first two episodes, but like I tweeted out, I'm like, if anyone's upset that of how Masters of the Universe has decided to focus on its characters, they must have been really upset with the Mandalorian when they revealed Baby Yoda and the show was actually about Grogu. Rather than <laughs> rather than, they must have been really upset. And yeah. It, I you I, you you're allowed to hide things in your marketing to have payoff when people watch the show that's you're you're allowed to do that it's okay <laughs> like <laughs> I, I i saw a great a great meme today that said something along the lines of uh what is it i just had a discussion with a masters of the universe fan that basically said it was it was from a transformers fan point of view that said a Masters of the Universe fan just came up to me and said, imagine if they killed off He-Man and then replaced him with a secondary character. Imagine if they did that with the Transformers universe. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of Rodimus Prime? Have you heard you of Rodimus Prime? they did that exact thing? Yeah. <laughs> you're, just, you're just like, go on. Go on. Please. <laughs> Tell me I, more. I, I also tweeted out yesterday. Uh, I think we feel. I, I feel like we need to get the Transformers fans together, along with the Masters of the Universe fans, and say it's so we can be like. I think you know if you want, we we'll trade you uh, Michael Bay for Kevin Smith uh, <laughs> yeah. anytime. So uh, you you yeah. got to give something else up though. You got to give something else up. Okay, there. so here you go. You get Mark Wahlberg too. You get you get you get Michael Bay and Mark. I mean, they're basically a couple as it is. Already. <laughs> it's true. It's true.
All right, but you I keep Shia LaBeouf. All right. We don't. Uh, we, yeah, we don't. That, yeah. I don't think. I mean, that, that's only going to hurt. Do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. uh, Patty says uh, the show is called Masters of the Universe, not He-Man. It is, and exactly. I made sure to point that out. Uh, exactly. with, I think it was on Ben. I think your post that. Uh, yeah. You know, it, yeah. it it really does do a great job of just not focusing on that one character and, and just kind of expanding out the whole whole world. I and, still don't and, like that style of animation, but the show was great. I didn't mind it too much. I just, uh, I, I don't know. I, I never I never liked it when I was watching G.I. Joe and Transformers as a kid either. Well, the new Transformers show drops in three days. So yeah. there's a there's a Transformers uh, series, uh, Kingdom, that's uh, the last of like the, the trilogy of, of Netflix shows that... Uh, coming out so I'm, I'm excited to see what that what that brings um yeah i, I will say that the the, the sh this show the the new masters of the universe revelations has me more excited about the upcoming cortex uh prime uh rpg that's coming RPG, out yeah. uh, so mm. so i i'm really kind of interested I, i'm surprised that that book isn't already out to be honest with you you would have thought that that uh, that fandom would have wanted to to that would have put been a that awesome out tie in yeah right around the yeah. same time as the show so I, i'm surprised that uh, it hasn't been out and maybe it's one of those things where logistics have, has uh, has <laughs> tied up or, the books know, are on well. a tanker in the ocean somewhere <laughs> right but, sitting uh, on yeah. a dock in china <laughs> most likely <laughs> it might be. I'm a big fan of the Cortex Prime uh, handbook, by the way. If folks are looking for this, kind of goes back to the whole uh, rules light uh, kind of systems. So if if you're looking for uh, a, a game, just a tool set to yeah, create yeah, your own, yeah, to, to create your own RPG, uh, Cortex is is great. I'm going to tell you just just having it on hand in your library to you know just kind of give you ideas on how to build an RPG. Yep. It's phenomenal. Um, Cam Banks, you know, it, it's always been a really popular RPG, but this this book is, you know, once fa once they kind of merged, once once it kind of got involved with fandom, uh, this is a really top notch uh, top notch product. And and I'll tell you right now that if you buy the physical book inside the book, there's that little code, so you can you yep. get the it unlocks the digital tool set mm -hmm. online. Uh, so it's, it does a great job of giving you something that you can actually use. Phys you know, digitally as well as physically, and uh, yeah, I, I don't it's know of any other that RPGs. All that... the game companies did exactly, <laughs> and it's not just it's not just like a PDF version of the game. It's actually like a rule set, kind of like because fandom is the also the, the people that, that put together um, D and D Beyond. Yeah. So you've got a really oh. great uh, a really great uh, you know online implementation. Those people know of... how to bury oh, cool. your features. Mm. Yeah. So if if. Uh, if I if I had gotten to my top ten list of RPGs for you know last year for twenty twenty, uh, Cortex Prime would have been my number one one. That's the so only just... thing that I didn't pick up when I was in Saskatoon. Actually, they had three copies of Cortex Prime on the shelf. You didn't pick it up. I didn't pick well because I already have it as a PDF. Oh, when, when we were talking about it that one night uh, when you were mentioning it, I went immediately and bought it while we were talking about it. Yep. So, so that's the only reason I didn't. Uh, Patty says, I like the Cortex system, but not sure about the Masters uh, RPG. Hope it's good. Yeah, I hope it's good. Uh, I know that they've been really uh, focusing on Tales of Ex is it Zadia? Zadia, the, the Dragon Prince uh, RPG. Yep. Um, so uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to mute Ben. Ben's fervently uh, typing and pounding on his keyboard, uh, getting, the, getting the link up so he, Amanda can spend her hard-earned dollars on, on uh, Meadows. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I've loved all the stuff that they've previewed for that uh, so far. I, I kind of wish that we'd have more of that for the Masters of the Universe uh, RPG as well. But uh, I guess one thing, you know, one thing at a time. And and uh, yeah. That's one thing worth mentioning too for um, for rules light systems. Uh, most of the systems that are, uh, air quotes, system agnostic, uh, they're really great systems to just sandbox around in. Mm, yeah. mm-hmm. Like they, the, there's no... There's no mechanic in, in usually in in a, in a system like that, like Cortex Prime, that forces you towards one thing or another. Like, you know, some people are like, oh, this game doesn't work well for science fiction. This game doesn't work well mm. for fantasy. You know, this game doesn't work well for supernatural games or, you know, the generic rule sets basically just allow you to drape your rules over top of the, of the core mechanics. And that's a great way to develop things for your own games. Like, mm-hmm. even, if, even if it's just... Um, uh, coming up with ideas for an existing game, like if you're even if you're playing D and D, you read something like Cortex Prime, and it's it kind of opens your eyes to other options, where D and D kind of puts you in the D and D driver's seat, and you're D and D like everything's D and D. It's got a D and D stamp on it. Uh, Patty says the Cortex Online tools are not live. I don't think. Uh, no, it's it's uh, mostly just all the the tool set, just the rule sets for for everything, uh, but. You know, I, I think that that's you know that's the way that they're trying to. That, that I think that they they're really trying to push a, a digital aspect of their game more than anything else, um, which is cool. I, I think that's great. I think that that's that's the you know, a lot of folks really like you know the the dead tree versions of of games, but you know we all have to we have to we have to kind of mm-hmm. evolve. The industry has to evolve, and and I think you know D and D Beyond definitely has proven that. Uh, that is an area of, of the industry that that uh, can just be that next level, and, and, and I'm really excited there was to a see. If rumor Cortex going around um, when uh, Into the Motherlands uh, by uh, Tanya DePass when they did that Kickstarter, uh, it was a uh, it's an Afrofuturist uh, tabletop role playing game. Mm-hmm. There was a rumor going around saying that they might use Cortex Prime as their core rule set. I don't know if they've made that decision yet or not, but that would be a pretty awesome system to play with it too. Yeah, I I'm gonna tell folks that if you're interested in designing an RPG, like if you're thinking about like what whether or not like you actually publish it, like if you're thinking about publishing an RPG and designing your own RPG, Cortex Fine is a great great reference book and just on its own. So anyway, I, I know I've I've harped on it quite a bit, but uh, I think it's uh, I, I'm really been I was really impressed with it uh, going into 2021. Look at uh, the and, look like, on Amanda's face. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm going to buy the thing right now. <laughs> I have one more thing I'm going to put in the cart, too. Hold on. Oh, okay. Oh, look at that. Nice. Uh, so, um, uh, yeah. Well, it was actually something <laughs> I was going to buy from you eventually anyway, because I just happened to be scrolling through your store and be like, oh, they have this. So. <laughs> Uh, Doug Engler says, uh, "When are you going to do your own RPG, Doug?" Well, probably. Oh, I don't know where my wallet is. Hey, can you go get my wallet? Hey, uh, and <laughs> just tell just tell I'm Derek to shout game. the information across the. No, <laughs> go get my wallet. Credit card number over on. Yeah, just here. just tell him to shout it. Like that's fine. Ben will be like, "Oh my God, there's so many sales uh, heavy. What's going on?" <laughs> Four two zero zero. <laughs> 
I'm not shouting my credit card information over the internet. <laughs> Oh man! All right. Well, now I have to put your name on it and everything. All right. Uh, so it's gonna say it's coming from Derek, not from that, me. That's fair. He didn't want to get up and go get my wallet, so I'm using his card. Wow! <laughs> Everyone, take note. This is this is uh, credit card fraud. Right that out on, on the air, then. <laughs> it's the same bank account. We're married. Oh. Okay. Oh sure. You do. You doing, doing the uh, finances? I see. It's like every time we go any, we go anywhere and buy anything, and I'm like, I, I'm just like, hey, can you grab? Like his wallet is usually more accessible because men's clothing has pockets, yes. and my wallet is always like in the bottom of a bag full of <laughs> random shit. And so I'm just like, hey, can you please pay for this? And he's like, oh, I see how it is. I'm like, it's the <laughs> same bank account, sir. Even if I used my it's piece of plastic. Fine. My wife and I have out. that same issue, actually, whereas I have a $200 limit on my debit card because impulse control, uh, <laughs> and she doesn't. <laughs> so there's lots of times when we go to the city and I'm like, we hit the game store and I'm out of the game store and I buy lunch. And then it's like, we go to buy something else and I'm like, well, you're the money now, dear. <laughs> uh. <laughs> my card's like, no, sir, you're not buying anything else. Today. You are you. done for today. Yeah. So, Doug, uh, what, would, what would the VCG... So roleplay used for a system. That that's what I'm curious. I, I the, well, it would probably be a couple things. I, I I do like Cortex. I really like the Year Zero engine. Um, I, I I've thought about actually, uh, bef before I, we did an actual play with with Cortex using uh you doing a Transformers R RPG using the Cortex. Well, what I basically did was I, I took the the tech specs from the back of the old G1 Transformers, and I gave them all, I converted them over to, uh, to, to uh, Cortex, uh, you know, values. And that was a lot of fun. I, I like doing that. I would love to do something like that, but uh, I know that there's already a Transformers RPG coming out from, from Renegade Game Studios. It's going to be a 5e hack that, uh, you know, it, that kind of makes me... Ex I've got kind of mixed emotions about that. I would love to see that that game. I hope uh, we probably will cover it on the show uh, when when it's live and when it comes out. Um, and Amanda is. I just dropped my husband's debit card on the floor in between our desks. Oh no! Lost forever. <laughs> um. So I, I I don't know. I I would. My dream IP to, to work on an RPG would be would be Transformers, but uh, I know that that's probably never going to actually be be the case. I would love love to create a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles RPG using the Year Zero engine. I think we could do. I think I could do that pretty easily. That'd be cool. Um, well, yeah, they already uh, have the rules for the animals, so yeah. Yeah, you kind of. I, I I would take. I would kind of use uh, Gen Lab Alpha as. Uh, <laughs> I, I would I would use Gen Lab Alpha as kind of a baseline for uh, for that, and then kind of convert it, uh, and and that would be that would be a lot of fun. What service quarter staff has? <laughs> I literally placed my order 30 seconds ago and Ben already has it pulled. Ben's actually going to drive it to your house tomorrow. Um, I could do it tomorrow, it's, but it's I Higgins could Prime. do it in a month. I could do it in a month. <laughs> I was going to say, didn't Ben just, you just put your car in the shop? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I live like six hours from where the store is. That's, no. Oh, so it's like Canadian travel then. 
Yeah, well. I am actually going to be in Maine next month sometime, so. What? Yeah. You'll have to let yeah. me know when that happens. I will. Because I Maine will. travel is very much like Canadian travel. Because when people are like, <laughs> oh, I'm in Maine, but I'm in, like, Freeport. I'm like, ah, it's just two and a half hours away. Whatever. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Sith, uh, Sith Lordly says, I'd play a mutated like, cockroach. Mutated cockroach. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be awesome. I, I think it would be just be a lot of fun. I, I know that Palladium put out a uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles RPG, and it was a lot of fun as well. But uh, I would love to see a new edition of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, a new a new edition of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles RPG. And I I think we could probably make that happen with the Year Zero engine. Um, it would have to be something fan run, of course. But uh, oh yeah, you know, oh well. So it would be adolescent, uh, slightly genetically modified uh, martial arts uh, reptiles? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that would be basically right. what, it, what, it, what it would be. That's a I, mouthful. I, so. when, when TMNT first came out and they came out with adolescent radioactive black belt hamsters, I was actually upset. <laughs> I have a copy of that. I was upset awesome. for, the, for, for the guys shop. who did TMNT. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> because I, I was such a teenager comic. at that time. I was just like, oh my God. How, like, how can they not sue these people? <laughs> <laughs> distinct yet separate, or yes. uh, similar yet distinct. That's what the, uh, yeah, that's what they call the phrasing it. is. Uh, all right. We uh, ended like... I think this is the, one of the longest post-credit uh, <laughs> I know, right? We've we, had, it's so. like 20 minutes of just, you know, hey, whatever. And <laughs> web <laughs> fulfillment. Web if fulfillment, you, RPG design. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Inner workings of Quarterstaff Games. Literally uh, walk to the shelf. It's not bad. <laughs> Sith says, I still have my Palladium TMNT books. My pal's always getting polar bears and tigers, and I got stuck with squirrels. Uh, yeah, it... Uh, I've got actually a collection of them as well. Actually, I think I put them on the the show. If you look look up uh, a previous episode, I, Kevin uh, Kevin Eastman actually sent me uh, his RPG collection. So it's uh, really cool. kind of cool. Yeah, it's uh, they're all so signed. You have an inside and, track on possibly getting the IP rights for a TMNT. Reboot. I don't know about that's that. That's not how that works. Yeah, that's not quite how it works. <laughs> um, I would love to sit down with Kevin and be like, hey, listen. You know, because I, I, I don't know what the status is now, but I, I, I don't think that you know it's owned by Nickelodeon now. So I, I was going to say, does Eastman actually even own anything? Right. I, anymore? I, think, <laughs> I think you'd have to. He, so. He'd be. He'd have to be the one that would just kind of be like, you know, I, I give my I mean, blessing on this, but I don't. Yeah, think I was going to say, you think anything. that his 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 you know blessing would be a, carry a lot of weight with somebody considering doing a new yeah. game or something. So. <laughs> you never know, you know. And, and oh, I see law. It's it's and, hard. Yeah. It's hard, you know. IP law and, and corporate overlords. RPGs are, are such a niche, uh, you know, demographic, and you know, niche in a niche under a blanket in a corner in a box. Next to a niche. <laughs> exactly. It's it's hard to to justify when when you know they can put out they can take that money and put out you know board games and and uh, you know uh, toys. You know, the margin on toys is much, much better than, than it mm-hmm. is on books. So, you know, I, I can see where, uh, you know, a lot of folks would. I'd be curious to see the toy market after this Masters of the Universe Revelation series. 
But you is mean, that gonna, are we going to see a huge resurgence in people wanting Masters of the Universe toys? I think there's st are still. I think there's still a large. Demographic. Well, I'm sure there's still a market for it, but I'm wondering, will this drive it even hotter? Like, are, I, are they going to do a whole new line? Uh, I guess? Well, isn't there a live action movie that's on the way too? I, I believe so. So I, I think you know I, I think if we see more He-Man and Masters of the Universe content come out. I think you're going to see the overall fandom grow and, and get stronger. Um, I don't know if one show necessarily, especially with the, with the, the fact that it's been so divided, whether or not it's going to raise That's a true. lot of the public opinion on who, whether this is good or not has been pretty massive. Yeah, you know, I, I think any kind of you know any, any kind of content is better than no content at all, but. You know, it, just like Transformers, you know, it, it introduced a whole other generation to to the Transformers IP, and and that, you know, you know, the two thousand seven Optimus Prime is somebody's first trans, you know, somebody's first Optimus Prime, Prime, not the G one Optimus Prime, and and that's mm -hmm. okay, you know, um, that still means that the the IP is relevant, and that's important, you know, I, I think that that's you know that's the ultimately that's what we need to remember. You know whether or not you like this version, or you know, or it doesn't stack up to the, the the version that you you grew up with. At least there's a there's a version out there. At least there's content that's coming out because guess what? You could be you know a fan of what's the masks or you know mask that, that hasn't had content in like thirty years you know or longer you know so yeah. you know so be grateful that you have some sort of content out there that's making your, your this this IP that you loved growing up relevant again so you know whether or not uh, you like it or not at least uh, at least it's now popular so all right that's the I, I said I was gonna wrap it up a long, long time ago <laughs> thank you everyone for joining us thank you everyone that's st stuck around uh, and enjoy and is still in the chat I greatly greatly appreciate all of our community here. Uh, with VCG, and, and uh, we'll see you all uh, next time. Bye now.